Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Steigman, and with me, as always, is... Noelle Schmidt. Yeah, welcome to a show where uh, Noelle and I drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. We do. We like them. Yeah. So um, one of the features of this show is we tell you what we are drinking before we talk about the ghosts. We like to give a little shout out to our sponsors. Noelle, what you drinking? Ooh, tonight I am drinking Boda Box Red Evolution. Boda Box, it's wine in a box. Marvelous. Uh, <laughs> tonight I am drinking Coors Light. This episode is brought to you by Coors Light. I still don't know if it turns blue or not. <laughs> you beat me to it. That was my... <laughs> um, yeah, episode to episode, we did not figure that out. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I think uh, during the quarantine, um, there is going to be a lot of boxed wine because it's um, it comes in bulk and it's easy. <laughs> uh, Same as I think uh, <laughs> we might start going uh, back the old Latrobe route. There might be mm-hmm. some Rolling Rock nights. We don't know. Ooh. Old style. We'll see uh-huh. what happens. Just like yeah. being in college. Yeah. Uh, the good news is that in Chicago, Benny's I was like, I was like depressed and borderline alcoholic. Yeah. The pandemic's just like college. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but it's so no, I was like, really rough. Um, uh, the good news in Chicago, uh, is that, um, Benny's is delivering. So yeah. I'll hail Benny's. Yeah, essentials. Essential businesses, everybody. (laughs) I know a guy who works for... First responders, Trader Joe's, and booze stores. This is the (laughs) Chicago way. (laughs) I was was, uh, on a a group hang um, with some friends, and one of the guys, he was like, how how are things at work? And I was like, oh, it's a little little rough right now, but, you know, we'll get through it. And I was like, how about you? And he was like, I work for a liquor distributor. We're great. Mm-hmm. I was like, please never stop doing what you're doing. God bless you, sir. You stood it. You stood erect and gave him a salute like you would a soldier from Iwo Jima. I get it. Yeah. Fucking heroes. All of them. Yeah. All of them heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of heroes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about a ghost? That's Yes, I do. That's why we're here, right? <laughs> I think that's why we're here. Why are you here? What's your ulterior motive? I've got nothing else to do. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just hanging out in the bunker. Yeah. Bunk it up, huh? Yeah. I I will say, um, I, I'll, I'll do a quick movie moment. Um, oh. I, and it, I think even you could get behind this. Um, it's on Shudder. Speak for me. It's called what? It's, it's, so the movie is a Shudder uh, production on the uh, streaming network Shutter, which is a horror film or horror streaming service. Um, it's called Satanic Panic, oh. and it stars one a Rebecca Romaine. No. Yeah, it does. No. Yeah, and she's like the she's queen. So, oh, she was on Next in Fashion, which is, <laughs> and she was wooden. Wooden. Her her hosting was wooden. Yeah. It was the worst part of the show. I'm sorry to say it. Or was she on Skin Wars? <laughs> she on Skin Wars? <laughs> was she on she Next to Fashion? I don't. I have no idea. We our viewing is very. She's on Skin Wars. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the the takeaway remains: Rebecca Romaine 
Not Rebecca good. Romaine is like the head of the Satanist society in this really affluent community. Okay. Uh, and Jerry O'Connell has a has a cameo in it, and um, so does. Um, do you remember Jordan Ladd? No. She was like kind of some hot shit in the like late nineties, early aughts. Nope. I She's lived through the that. Star of the Eli Roth film Cabin Fever. Nope. Nope. Losing you and all of these things. Well, she's in it. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was like a fun, uh, it, like a fun, uh, kind of slasher movie, Satan, Satanist movie. That's cool. cool. Yeah. So if you're looking for something, I highly recommend, uh, Satanic Panic on Shutter, which right. you can access through your Amazon Prime membership. I guess I'll go. Uh, my streaming moment is brought to you by Naked and Afraid. Um, <laughs> it's just insane. And those survivalists are so good. It's just mind-blowing. Why you would do that is insane. I, like, I feel like being naked is like the ultimate vulnerable state. Like you have no protection Agreed. But having watched, having watched, I will say this, it's the shoes. It's the shoes I couldn't do without. The, yeah. Those mofos like trek ass, like all the way across, like, like shells and shit. My God, that must no. be so painful. Painful. No. Not a chance. Yeah. I can't watch that show. I, I've never watched it. I'm afraid of it. I'm close uh, and afraid of it. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's intense. Um, if yeah, it it answer all it answers all my fears in a different way. Right mm. now, I sort of need escapism. <laughs> I get to think yeah. of, like, what is the one thing that I will never ever ever do? That is be a survivalist <laughs> in a tree forest. <laughs> so, it's escapism. Right, right. Yeah, even with all of this going on, like I've definitely, uh, and I think I joked with you at one point, I was like, people laughed at me for all the horror films I've watched over the years, but I've just been doing research. Like I am ready. <laughs> You're ready. Go. Like I have that plan, but that is like, like being stuck in the woods, barely clothed is like the worst possible scenario for me because yeah. that I can't do. Yeah, that's a not, that's a not me deal. Yeah. <laughs> like if this were a video game and you could choose like your location, like how to play, you know, like in Mario Kart, you can constantly change like your arena. Right. If yeah, I, I yeah, wilderness would not be the one I choose. It's just the the level of difficulty is far beyond my capability. No. Hunt? You're gonna end up with like Lyme disease. That's the thing. Like there's oh. t- there's all these like like small oh, little best case scenario Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the nicest fucking thing I could expect. <laughs> My God. You just uh, you just don't know what's there. You and I would like roll an ankle five feet in <laughs> just right. like Well, I told you I like sprained my pinky finger going for a walk last week. You did. Because <laughs> I caught it on a fence. I tripped and caught it on a fence. I'm trying not to laugh about it because it's not nice, but it's very funny. <laughs> is it better right uh it's a little bit better I made the choice to um paint uh my bathroom this weekend and so like um, when I had an injured finger 
um, because I needed something to do. And that just exacerbated it for sure. So I've been taping them together. And then I get tired of it. Speaking of taping it together and getting tired of it, would you like to hear about my ghost? Yes! (laughs) Perfect segue. That was maybe the best uh, it's ever been, especially when you hear who this ghost is. That's right, everybody. Uh, Speaking of taping my fingers together and making the best of it, let's talk about the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) Poe! That's right. Mm -hmm. I love him. Yeah, really such a weirdo though right like i'd like to think he and i would have been friends yeah 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 you both you both married your 13 year old cousin so um lots in common it seemed right at the time (laughs) you can't say no to love (laughs) you just feel so much when you're young you can never just turn off that kind of love hey i get it been there i you know thank god i was the youngest cousin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the downside um, of being the oldest like in coming from right. the family because you have the pick of the litter that's yeah you get the best ones me p.s <laughs> apologize apologies to any of my cousins that are listening to this right now there's oh, like yeah. three of us, so there's a good chance that at least one's listening oh yeah that was those are good odds right that was being inappropriate hey no it's totally this, fine <laughs> This this one this stat goes out to your cousins. On October seventh, eighteen forty nine, Edgar Allan Poe died at the age of forty. The syphilis. <laughs> no. <Wow. laughs> Although, like, kind of in the ballpark of of maybe what we know of him, but no, he didn't die of syphilis. A broken um, heart. Listen, he had melancholy. He he probably died of all the things that you're saying. Say one more thing and I'll be like, I don't know for sure. But yeah, it contributed. <laughs> but actually, one of the reasons why he's so interesting is like Christopher Marlowe, Edgar Allan Poe had a really weird death. Um, he was... Do you hear that feedback? Um, I hear it on your end. I hear it on your end. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. guys... This episode is brought to you by Skype. Uh, hashtag, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to, we'll edit this in post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be their uh, corporate tagline of the pandemic. You guys, right. it's it's what we have. You should yell at the way we all do in work meetings. Right. Um, <laughs> Skype, it's what we do now. Deal um, with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, so... Edgar Allan Poe had a really weird death, like Christopher Marlowe. Like, it didn't necessarily make sense for their lifestyle, except their lifestyle was kind of like drunken debauchery. Yeah. But here's here's what was happening with Poe. He was found uh, at Ryan's fourth ward poll, poll the day of the municipal election. I said that really weird. But anyway, he was found at the polling uh, station during the election. Um, this location was associated notoriously with the act of cooping. Uh, cooping is this like voter fraud thing that people do. They would kidnap uh, or they would they would find unsuspecting victims and then they drug them up, kind of kidnap them, take them to the poll and make them vote. And then oftentimes they leave them for dead after. What? I've never heard of that before. You've never heard of cooping? No. Yeah. I can't believe I've never heard of that. That's insane. Yes, it is insane. Um, it's oh. awesome, right? 
So yeah. What, you know, I'm a big fan of voting. Like voting is my favorite thing to do. I knew um, this would hit you on all your levels. It's ghost murder and voting. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever met a more civic minded weirdo. I love to vote. It's like uh, so important to you me. vote early and often. It's the <laughs> That's why I'm like, wait, there's a way to get more people to vote. We just have to drug them and force them to the polls. I'm listening. <laughs> Everyone in Lincoln Square, beware. You might get cooped. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, sorry. We don't want to coop people. Anyway, um, Poe, it was reported. Um, wasn't wearing his own clothes when uh, his body was discovered. Um, well, I guess he wasn't dead yet. I apologize. He was wearing uh, somebody else's clothes and he was repeatedly calling out the name Reynolds. So uh, okay. he just Reynolds, Reynolds, Reynolds. But he died before he could let anybody know what he meant by Reynolds um, and what had made him so sick. So it's a mystery. And that's why this is so interesting because he was kind of a gothy character. Mm-hmm. Then he has this totally weird death. Um, but I'm going to get to something interesting. Um, <laughs> if you have to say it, it probably isn't. So <laughs> eventually this will be interesting guys. Hang. <laughs> Hang <on. laughs> um, anyway, but newspapers at the time claimed that Poe died of congestion of the brain or uh, cerebral inflammation. This was the um, happy dappy way of saying alcoholism in papers of the time. Mm-hmm. So remember this is 1849. So they didn't necessarily want to want to say that. So right. cerebral inflammation was definitely like a, like a wink, wink kind of deal. But everything that I had known about uh, Edgar Allan Poe, I realized in research may or may not be true. Because I didn't know this piece, there was an obituary written by this guy named Rufus Wilmot Griswold, um, and he was Poe's sworn enemy. So, like Molieri. Yeah, he wrote this really lengthy obituary. (laughs) Wait, actually, Christopher Marlowe is a better representation because he was Shakespeare's rival. So that is fat. Okay, sorry, that's better. So this, uh, yeah, anyway, this dude writes this obituary that's so shitty. He actually doesn't sign his name to it. He writes a pseudonym. Um, the obituary that he wrote portrayed Poe as a madman, a drunken womanizing opium addict uh, who based his tales on his own personal experience. So you have this like really mysterious death and then the person who writes the obituary is a really good writer who is the sworn enemy of Poe who basically insinuates that the telltale heart or the raven or Annabelle Lee, they're all true. Right. So <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this person I've never heard of is probably solely responsible for the image I have of Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. It's like um, retelling the story of Amadeus's death. What's our death in the movie? Well, no, in the movie Amadeus, yeah. like it's it's. Uh, no, no, I remember the movie. But he's telling the story of like basically how he contributed to Mozart's death. Oh yes, 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 yes. I'm just bringing up all of these 
yeah, all these parallels. They're really interesting. It is. It's really fascinating to me, like uh, that over the course of history, like how they, like, all these artists had these rivals, and like it yeah. was always so cutthroat. And I mean, I, I guess it's still that way too. But people tend to be a little bit nicer to each other these days, maybe because there's just more. There's a wider pool than there was back then. Could be. Yeah. Huh, but, yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> I mean, there's still like, you know, you still hear these stories of somebody like, you know, trying to kneecap somebody um, to get into the Olympics. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that did was that like happen? 10 years ago. Yeah, I was like, did that happen? Oh, <laughs> Tanya Harding. Thank you for being a longtime listener to the show. We appreciate it. We love you, Tanya. We love you, Tanya. We really um, do. Speaking of Tanya Harding, <laughs> I don't, that's not a good segue, but uh, <laughs> you guys, Poe's body was moved. Uh, just so you know, so this might explain some of the restlessness he had after he died. Besides the fact that his murder was really weird and his name was uh, uh, shit on, um, Poe was originally buried in an unmarked grave in his grandfather's plot um, in Baltimore. It was like a in the Westminster burying grounds. Um, for 26 years, um, he basically was in that unmarked grave and nobody really kind of knew who, who he was, which to me seems reasonable. But I guess if you're a famous author and later on people want to celebrate you, they find you. So teachers and students raised money for the proper monument that was placed uh, in his honor next to the cemetery gate. Uh, while the coffin was being moved to the new location, guys, uh, it broke, <laughs> revealing what was left of Poe's remains. Ew. Yeah. So he got he got some uh, nice uh, nice new digs, but um, he. <laughs> his his coffin broke open which is never a good thing um yeah. there's one more um change that happened posthumously now i already joked about her but uh virginia clempo was uh his wife mm-hmm. now she died two years before he did which probably explains a little bit of his like drink i mean he always kind of had a drinking problem but she was the love of his life. And even though she died at 20, at the age of 24, they had already been married for 11 years. That's wow. Yeah. That's disturbing. Yeah. So she had been married to him almost half her life. Um, and yeah, he was uh, all accounts just devastated, destroyed and, and real fucked up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, before, so when she died, she had been, um, buried in the Bronx. And then, um, when he was buried, I just told you he was in Baltimore, like in an unmarked grave. Um, what happened is they, they moved them next door or they, they brought her grave to move, um, to where he was in Baltimore. Um, but this story, I was like, how, what? Listen to this. The problem was that the developers had already built over her cemetery and moved the bodies. Fortunately, one of Poe's eccentric biographers, William Gill, rescued her bones. Unfortunately, he took them home with him and kept them in a box under his bed for years before he what? sent them to Baltimore for reburial. What? That 
dude. One of those things where he's like, I'll get around to it. I hope, well, God, if it wasn't like, that's a totally different, that's a weirdo. (laughs) I just have so many things on my plate and I just keep forgetting about the bones I put underneath my bed. I didn't even think about the darker side of it. I literally just thought he was like, just a nutty professor that was like, ah, get around to sending these bones to Edgar Allan Poe's. What if he was like so weird? He had the bones under the bed because he's like, this is his wife. I love her. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> no. Virginia deserves better. That's awful. I didn't even think about that, Noel. Yeah, sick. Yeah, sick in the head. It's like a weird, uh, like, I mean, that's sort of like on the same parallel as John Wayne Gacy keeping bodies yeah. underneath his bed that him and his wife slept on. Oh, man. Yeah. I thought it was just like. I don't know. Organization and clutter, but now, now I'm like, I think you're onto something. That's a weirdo. I feel Ugh. like you know. You know when, when you you know when you have the bones of the wife of a famous author under your bed. I don't know. Probably <laughs> wouldn't slip your fucking mind. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Sorry, I was just taking a sip of my beer. No, take it in. Um, this is a lot to process. So a couple of ghost sightings um at Edgar Allan Poe's former house in Baltimore which was uh 2003 North Amity Street mm. um yeah <laughs> uh some believe that Poe's ghost is, is uh still there they feel taps on their shoulders and, and they feel like the the physical they, they feel the feeling that someone's standing behind them but they don't see anything Right. So they feel the unknown presence. Um, someone reported that they were very scared uh, when a window sash appeared to fly across the room. Uh, they thought it was really freaky and they couldn't think of why that object would react or act that way. Sorry. <laughs> you said a window sash? A window sash, yeah. So that's like the probably the like thing the that thing goes that around holds. tapes. Yeah, yeah. Um, was the window open? Was it I, a windy? This is a good question. I mean, let's let's, it, let's put it this way: probably a window sash, which is a really antiquated way to put it. But a window sash never, on its own volition, would fly across a room. It, exactly. Chances are, it falls straight to the ground if it falls at at all. I think it's safe to say, unless like and angry person is throwing something yeah. at you um it's not number one not going to be a window sash it's going to be like a vase <laughs> i wish though every or, encounter from here on out just throws a window sash at me <laughs> and i hope i scream <laughs> oh no a window sash <laughs> Go so real. and they throw strange things it's just like, that's such a bizarre thing to fly across the it's room. It's really, really, really weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? It's his former house in Baltimore, so it's probably really fancy. And there's tons, sure. of, tons of window sashes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, the uh, people just report lots of creepy feelings and uh, eerie presences. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what's happening at his former house. Now, uh, 
the hospital where he died, um, which let me scroll up, Washington Medical College. I, it can't possibly be called that anymore um, because he died in 1847. But whatever. Um, Allegedly, the halls of the hospital uh, where he uh, ended up ultimately dying, um, the ghost can be seen walking up and down the hallways. Um, Okay. And then he's also spotted uh, out on the street. So um, I don't know. I don't know why that would be. I don't know who spotted him. (laughs) But that was part of the... Uh, maybe that's a weird thing where like because of like how bizarre his death was and he was like so disoriented like it could be one of those things where like he again is like so shocked to be dead like he thinks he's escaped yeah. the hospital and like he's like repeating that motion I'll kind of be honest with you too because I didn't want to get in too big in the weeds on this his death is even weirder than I suggested so oh, very long wow. story short he went to the hospital a week before he died um and from from the things that I was reading, um, he may have been uh, may have been admitted with the idea that he needed to like uh, detox from drinking, but the doctor that he saw didn't think that that was actually the case. And so this maybe ghost walking outside could be Edgar Allan Poe walking into the hospital on his own volition. Trying to figure out what was up. Um, And I guess that to me would explain that because one can only imagine that when he was brought in to the hospital to die, that he was clumped over. He was just just shouting Reynolds, Reynolds. So who knows? And we still don't know who Reynolds is? No. I know. Reynolds with a Y, like Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Is it Ryan Reynolds that did this? He traveled back is. in time. What can't that guy do? I don't know. He what? married Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds. He, he did. I think he can do anything. I think he what yeah. she's very pretty. She's so beautiful. He can Yeah, yeah he's he yeah. seems capable. <laughs> he dated Alanis Morissette. I think they were engaged before. Like he yeah. He can get any lady or man probably too. I he, think she also dated Ryan Gosling. Alanis did or maybe. the other one? We don't know these things. No, I think Alanis did. Or maybe I'm thinking of Sandy Bullock who dated both of them. A did woman really? a woman with long brown hair <laughs> dated both the Gosling and the Reynolds. I just know that Alanis dated Dave Coulier. That's all I know. Well, they didn't date. He basically like molested her before she was like a big right. star. I do have a He's friend. What of- you ought to know is, is uh, about... But, like, she was far too young for him. I actually know, like, I have a friend of a friend whose husband is in Alanis's band. Should I just ask? I'll just take go back to him and find out. Find out what? Oh, just she dated both of her, them. Her dating history. Sure. Have her set the record straight on some things. I bet you could just at her. <laughs> like, Alanis, who'd you poke in the late? Or the early questions. Yeah. Yeah, Alanis, did you poke both the Ryans? <laughs> or just one? I'm There's sure the no internet will tell us, but we'd rather hear it directly. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear. We, we actually we want you to sing it. Can you just <laughs> write a new song and at me? <laughs> um, I've heard really good things about uh, the Jagged Little Pill um, musical on Broadway. 
I just can't imagine whatever you've heard must be all lies. (laughs) (laughs) How could that be good? I don't know. I've heard really tall. And then I've heard there was one person who was like, no. Oh, please. Anyway, it has to be terrible. Unless do they write like a, they couldn't have written a whole interesting story about characters that like are three dimensional. I'm pretty sure that it's, um, and this is purely speculation, but I'm pretty sure that it is actually um, my so-called life um, to the uh, music of Jagged Little Pill. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. it takes place in the '90s, and it's about—I think it's about a girl going through the '90s. <laughs> so it's gotta be, <laughs> which we can relate to. Yeah, I was like, I've already done it. Why do I have to see a musical about it next? And I'm, I'm like really struggling with, um, and I love my so-called life, and I cannot remember the name of Claire Dane's character in that, but it doesn't matter. Um, do you have more? We're like getting at time. Yeah, <laughs> I have one more go. Okay, tell me. One more fasty? Yeah, fasty. Uh, just because it falls within the spirit of the show. Uh, in Fell's Point, there's a bar by the name of The Horse You Came In On. Uh, It was one of Poe's favorite bars to drink at. Uh, The bar is very old. It was established in 1775. So once again, Edgar Allan Poe died in 1847. So this is an old time bar. Um, I want to go there when we can leave our homes again and fly on airplanes. What's an airplane? I don't know. (laughs) Where are places and how do you go? I'm going to full take a guess. Anyway, uh, Poe's ghost was considered a troublemaker here. Uh, The chandelier swings by itself. The owner and employees uh, have seen the cash register open and close without cause. And many witnesses claim that if a patron denies the presence of Poe's ghost, their bar stool is pulled out from under them and their beer bottle drops to the floor. I love it. Yep. I love it. You got to be like, yo, Poe, what up? Or the ghost gets mad. Classic goth prank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a classic uh, Poe prank, everybody. Yes, Poe prank. You just got Poed. You got oh. Poed. Speaking of getting Poed, uh, that will wrap up our episode of uh, High Spirits this evening. Um, Noelle, remind peeps what you were drinking. I am drinking uh, Boda Box Red Evolution. It's wine in a box. Yeah, and I'm drinking Coors Light, brought to you by the fine people at Coors Light. Mmm, it tastes like Coors Light. Uh, This has been High Spirits, and Noelle has one last terrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams.